Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Mizzou Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. My name is Eric Blum, breaking down Mizzou Sports with you every time here on the show. I am flying solo today, but as you see by the title, we had Brooke Wilmus uh, join us as a guest for this episode. Uh, Spent about 25 minutes with us. Took some time out of her summer schedule to, you know, kind of break down the last season and a bunch of other stuff. So I don't want to keep anybody waiting any longer. So after this little interlude, we'll have Mizzou center fielder Brooke Wilmus on the show. Take a listen. Joining the Mizzou Sports Podcast this time is Mizzou softball center fielder Brooke Wilmus. How you doing, Brooke? I'm good. How are you? Good. Just kind of just tell me how, how you're doing these days. The season ended a couple weeks ago at this point. Just kind of bring me to present day. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing great. Uh, just trying to figure out ways to um, keep my time occupied because obviously I don't have practice or games every single day. But um, right now I just started working out again, getting ready for next season. Um, I'm out there giving lessons, um, watching my brother play baseball because uh, I'm from back home and he plays high school baseball in the summer. So really just figuring out my time, trying to figure out what to do, hanging out with friends, just enjoying my time, my downtime while I still have it. I forgot Iowa plays high school summer baseball. Yes, uh, high school and softball, they both do. How, how does that work when you, because usually I know in Missouri they play in the same field. So do they just rotate or how does that work in Iowa? No, so we they both have their own fields up there. Um, they have just a complex where both of, both both the fields are right next to each other. Um, so really, uh, they just kind of play at the same time, honestly, and they play usually the same competition. So the, they're still doing that right now. Very cool. So I know the season ended a couple weeks ago. If uh, you know, we can kind of revisit, you know, just the whole 2021 year. I know 2020 ended unexpectedly, and you guys had the postseason ban to begin with. Just what was 2021 kind of about for Mizzou softball? Um, really, it was just about coming out and proving ourselves again this year. Um, I think even in the shortened 2020 season, we really came out and we defeated those teams that we really weren't supposed to. And that put our team back on the map. So coming out this year, um, we just continue to prove ourselves, continue to be the best that we can be. And truly, I think we proved to the entire nation that we are a team that um, you need to compete with. And we're going to compete with everybody. And this year, I think us getting to the Super Regionals now I think people are tar- starting to take notice. So I'm really excited for what the next year has to bring for us too. Was there a point this past season when you believed this team was good enough to host a Super Regional or did you always believe that? I've I believed it from the beginning. We have such talented girls on this team. Um, we have such great camaraderie. Um, every single girl on this team has the same mission. And from the beginning, we had that um, idea of getting to the World Series. Um, unfortunately, it didn't happen this year, but we got to host supers and super regionals and that's a step forward. And now we're going to expect that every single year. 
Take me back to, uh, I, I think we got to go back even to the SEC tournament. Um, Emma Robbie hits that home run against Florida. You didn't end up winning that game, but it seemed like that was kind of the game that at least from my view, the nation took notice of Mizzou as a legitimate force here beyond just being one of the SEC's best teams that might be one of the best in the nation. Did you feel similarly or how did that experience go? Yeah, we went into the SEC tournament thinking that we're going to win the whole thing. Um, we played Florida earlier in the year, and we felt like we were a very good matchup for them. They're, they were such a great team all year long. So we knew that we had to come out and play our best against them. And unfortunately, it didn't go our way. But just seeing us fight back and not give up, even when the seventh inning happened, it really did show the entire nation that we are there to compete and we are there to beat the best teams in the nation. So I really think that put us on the map, especially after that SEC tournament and that game. Um, just coming out and scoring those four runs in that seventh inning, I just really think it was huge for us and huge to get us that national seed to host regionals and super regionals. Emma Robbie hits that home run. What do you think? I think that was not only with two outs, that was might have been a full count when she hit it too. Yeah, she had two strikes on her. Um, I don't know. She had like a really, really good at bat, and I don't think I've ever been more excited in a softball game than I was in that entire moment. So. I was just so unbelievably proud of her. She came up so clutch and up that at bat, and it was just so great to see from her. Going into now uh, NCAA, it seemed it seemed like you guys were just on a roll. Obviously, getting the number eight seed was not a it was a pleasant surprise, but not a I guess a shock is might be the right way to say that. And then you guys have just three straight I think two total hits given up by your pitchers, and then you guys offense also backed each other up. Confidence-wise, what did that those wins over Northern Iowa, Illinois, Chicago, Iowa State do for your team? Um, really, just took us in the into the next weekend with that same confidence. Um, we'd been rolling as an offense all year long. Um, I think we we probably had a better offensive year than expected, and it was just everyone one through nine in the lineup could produce, and that's what happened. Um, especially during those three games when we played those three teams. it's It wasn't just one person that was sticking out. It was our whole lineup one through nine. And then our pitchers stepped up tremendously in postseason, and truly they did so well. And I was so beyond proud of them because they they probably didn't have the national attention that our offense did, but the fact that they came out and they shut them down and they had one hits, no hits, two hits against those teams, those caliber teams – really did show that they are they can be one of the best pitching just staffs in the entire nation. Now let's let's transition a little bit to the JMU series. Before we get into actually the games against the Dukes, one thing that I've kind of realized about Coach Anderson herself is that when things go well for the team, she is quick to spread the attention to everybody else. She's like, oh, everybody else but me deserves credit. But when things go wrong, she owns it 100%. Is that something you've seen? And I know that's part of the course with some head coaches, but what does that say about her? And just what is it like to play under Coach Anderson? Um, it really is such a confidence builder because we know even after, even after, after we had those bad games, she's going to adjust and she's going to figure out a way to win those games against those teams. So she takes it upon herself, but also all of us as players and the rest of the staff, we take it upon ourselves too, because we want to go out there and we want to win every single game. Um, will that happen? Probably not. But if we can go out and compete and do our best and find ways to win games, then that is all you need for this game. So after we get those losses, of course, she's going to say it's, it's her fault. But in reality, it's the whole teams. And we all love to reflect on that. We all love to see what we can do better. And then we want to change that for the game, either tomorrow or whenever that next game may be. We'll come back to Larissa probably a little later. But now going into the into the JMU series, did, did, she'd obviously had 
battles with James Madison in the past, coaching in the Colonials. She had she's been at Hofstra for twenty plus years. What insight did she kind of give you to the legitimate challenge and unique challenge that JMU did present you guys? Um, really, she just told us that JMU is a scrappy team. They're not going to give us anything, and we have to come come out and compete like they're an SEC team that we face every single weekend. So. We knew that going in, we knew that they were a very good team and that we needed to play our best because if we didn't, then the result that what happened was going to happen. So I, it, it stinks that we didn't make it to the World Series, but we know and we knew that they did so well and they brought their A game the entire game and, and all three games and all aspects of the game. Kind of at the end of that, now the series is over, uh, Super Regionals is over. What was kind of how you reflected on how the season went? Obviously, you guys, it was a couple at-bats on Friday night go different. You probably are in the World Series and not them. Obviously, things kind of went a little awry at the end of the Sunday game. But how have you been able to reflect on just the end of the season? Because have you, have you, has it been a lot of the JMU or just the year as a whole? Um, we really reflected and said, you know what? We still did extremely well this year. And we proved to the nation that we deserve – that top seed and some of those top seeds hosting the super regionals hosting regionals and the more that we think about it we are so proud of ourselves of course we have loved to made it to the world series but again only eight teams in the nation make it there so now this gives us that extra motivation for next year to come out to be even stronger to be even focused even more focused for every single game and truly, we know we know what it feels like to be in that super regional. So we're going to make sure that we play our best to try and um, get our dream of making it to the College World Series. How much of the World Series did you watch? Um, I missed the first few couple of days just because I was still a little so upset. But um, after that, I kind of tuned into all of the games, and um, I mean, just here and there, just tried to watch what I could. Did you catch any uh, JMU playing? I mean, it seemed like Mizzou was in on the secret that was Odyssey Alexander a little bit before everybody else. And to see them have success and end up third, ranked third in the nation, I mean, that really adds legitimacy to how good Mizzou was this year because you weren't just facing a mid-major team that got on a hot streak. This was a team that was a national power. Yeah. Um, I I didn't watch the first game that they played because it just it hurt a little bit too much. But then after that, um, I started watching them and – I started watching her and I was just so beyond impressed with her because she truly is, I believe, one of the best pitchers in the nation. And I think she was so underrated this year. Um, she came out and she competed and she did everything that she could for her team. Again, over a thousand pitches in the World Series. So um, it was pretty awesome to see her compete and do really well, especially after um, not a lot of people had taken notice of her until she got to the World Series. And one of the things about this Mizzou team is that most of you are coming back, you know, especially from the starting lineup. I think it's, it's just Hattie that is now not coming uh, back. Uh, Larissa told us about you and Kim Moore pretty early on, uh, you know, midway kind of through conference play that you already had decided to, you know, use the relief you, because of the coronavirus pandemic, you know, with the NCAA. What was that kind of decision process like for you? Was it easy at, or when did you kind of make the decision, okay, I'm going to come back for 2022? Um, so I really thought about it all fall. Um, I was going back and forth, couldn't really decide if I wanted to go to grad school or if I wanted to continue playing. Um, but really what came down to me deciding to come back is the fact that I have another year to play with those girls next to me and to have those relationships that um, I've always had in the four years. And another thing is like, I got the rest of my life to work. So 
why not take advantage of that last year, play softball one more year and just enjoy every single aspect of the game that I can. Um, I have one more year, so I'm really just going to go out, have fun, be with my best friends on the field and just compete for one more championship. What What is it just the profile? What is it like just to play at Mizzou? I mean, obviously there was a lot of success before you uh, were here. And it, I think a lot of, you know, players heard from some alumni, like you guys brought it back to where it was at one time. What, what, what is it currently like just, just to be a Mizzou softball player? Um, well, I'm sure, you know, but I didn't really have the best start to my career here um, as a team. Um, barely 500 my freshman year, sophomore year, got a complete new, got a complete new coach. Um, we did pretty well last year or that year. And then my junior year with the sanctions, it's just, there's been a lot of things that have gone wrong for me since I've been here, but there are too many good things about this place that I just can never overlook. It's building those relationships with the people around me. It's being on this beautiful campus. It's getting a good education um, and exactly what I want to do. And it's playing softball at the highest level. It's those little things that completely override all of the small things, all the small little bad things that happen. And I knew my college career wasn't really going to be easy, but I know if I kept all of those good things in my head and just kept thinking about those, then I know I want to stay here and I want to be here and compete every single day for this university because it truly is my second home. So what, what are you studying and what are you hoping to go, for, go to grad school for? Um, so I just graduated with my undergrad in sport management with a minor in business. And then I'm going to grad school for positive coaching and athletic leadership. So you want to get into coaching yourself? Um, it's a possibility, but I think one of the biggest things is I just want to keep those connections. I'm a very big people person, so I love talking to all different kinds of people. So just working in any type of athletic field, I could really see myself doing that. How is being a D1 softball player helping you with that? It's it's something that I just feel like non-athletes don't quite have. It's like those intangibles, like hard work, always being on time, um, always learning to communicate with other people. It's these small things that it's just this sport has taught me throughout my entire life. So I know that I am going to have such a good competitive, competitive advantage coming out of college just because I was an athlete and I do know how to work hard and I do know how to schedule all my time. Because if I wasn't able to do that, then I don't think I would be here right now. Looking forward to 2022 with Mizzou softball. I mean, obviously you guys have a lot of talent returning. Everybody's going to be a year older and maybe might have a tiny bit of a chip on their shoulder that you didn't get to the World Series. Is, is that accurate or how do you kind of view, I know it's a while before you guys get, have to play games. I mean, eight months or so at least. But is that kind of how you view it as well going into a 2022 season? Yeah, um, I think everybody's motivation is 10 times more than it's ever been before. Um, after we lost that JMU game, I think a, a few of us upperclassmen, we stayed in the dugout and we watched JMU celebrate. And it just really hurt us. And it is one of those things that I think we'll all keep in the back of our mind when we play next year because we want that to be us. And we want that feeling that JMU had on our home field. So. Um, I really think we do have that extra motivation. Um, we have more drive than ever than I've ever seen in the past four years that I've been here. And we truly, truly want to be in the World Series. And that is our goal going through this entire next season. So what do the next several months look like for you to maintain kind of that momentum? Are summer workouts or just staying in shape or what does that kind of look like for you? 
Um, it all really depends on the person. Um, right now, uh, for me, it's really just keeping, um, keeping myself in shape, getting stronger, getting faster than I ever can be. Um, also just keeping those relationships with the girls, make sure we're all going out, we're hitting, we're taking reps defensively. Um, just those little small things to get us prepared for the fall and then for the season. Now, is, is there a moment that you, you look back on the 2021 season, that's your, did you have a favorite moment? Is it that Florida game or is there something else that, you know, just that you look back on, okay, that, that was really, really cool. Um, I really think there were too many good parts of this season to ever just point out one. Um, I really think the Florida, the Florida game was great. Um, we reached both a high and a low within that game. Um, but also playing in the regionals and the super regionals, and playing in front of that many people, I don't think I've ever had that before in my four years. So that in itself was an experience that I don't think I'll ever be able to forget. Um, playing in front of all of those home fans, having that such a great um, outcome for all of those games. I really think the, that was probably my favorite part of the season is just seeing all the support that um, this community and this town has for Mizzou sports. I was going to ask you about that. So Mizzou softball had never played a game at 50% capacity. It was 20 for your entire regular season. And then they bumped it up to 50 and then a hundred within a couple of days of that. Just what was the anticipation like for what the crowd was going to be like at the regionals and the super regionals. And then I'm, I'm guessing based off of what you just said, it exceeded your expectations. Um, it for sure did. I, I truly did not expect that many people to come, but the fact that we had so many people, sell out our games within the three days that we played for our regionals. And then the three days we played for our super regionals, it was so great to be able to be in center field and just see all of the people up in the stands in front of me. And then I would turn around and the entire berm is packed. And there are little girls that are running across the fence, trying to get your attention because they're biggest fans. And it's just this game has made such a positive impact and this year made such a positive impact on our team and our community and being able to truly probably be my favorite experience of this entire year. I, I want to ask you a little bit more about just kind of being, I guess, a role model. Obviously, it's easy when you see the berm and you're in center field, you have a little bit more direct access to everybody. But just is that something is, you know, I guess now you're going into a senior year or you've already uh, kind of had a few years here. You're cognizant that little girls in Columbia are watching you. Yeah, um, that's one of the things that I, when, I came, when I came into college, one of my parents harped on a lot is like, look, you're a D1 athlete now. There are going to be little girls that are looking up to you, that want to be you, that want your autograph, that want everything from you. So you got to be that positive role model for them. And I really think I saw it more in those last couple weekends than I had all year long. And it was it's just so great to see that all those little girls are looking up to you and they want to be you and they want to be a Mizzou Tiger just because you are doing it on the field for them right now. So it's, it's so great to see those little girls come out and support. Um, I really hope they take that and everything that they watched and they incorporated it into their game because that's what we're here for is we're here to make sure that we're, we are those positive role models for those little girls. If you can remember back to when you were around that age and maybe you started playing softball, what part of what you remember from back then do you still use today? Um, really the biggest thing that I try to use right now is still find the, that joy and love for the game. Um, it may be just like a little part of the game that you're enjoying it that day, but this game is supposed to be fun and it's supposed to, and you're supposed to have fun with your friends and just be 
that release for you every single day. So I really think the older I've gotten, the more I've understood that, that it really in my pastime, that is literally supposed to be so fun for me. So just taking that joy that I had as a little girl and continuing it today, I think is the biggest thing that I brought up with me. Another thing I want, wanted to ask you about before I forget is um, the 2020 season. Um, obviously, COVID hit everybody differently. And if you could uh, open up a little bit about where you were when you heard everything got canceled, and then how did you just kind of stay in shape throughout quarantine and get yourself in a position where 2021 could be successful? So it was a complete shock when we heard it. Um, we had just got done playing a midweek against um, Illinois. We had practice the next day. And then I think right after practice, we were like, hey, season's canceled. We're done with it. There's nothing we can do anymore. So um, I, that really took me for such a big surprise. And I did not expect that to happen at all. So then I went home for a few months um, just because I don't think a lot of us were able to stay on campus. Um, and then I just tried to keep moving, keep active, do any, anything that I could do, whether it's going out and playing pickleball with my family or whether it's going and t taking a run that day or me, maybe even a walk. So I just tried to stay active as much as I could. Um, and then once we were able to figure that out that we can come back, I came back and I lifted and I did um, conditioning with my trainer that I had here and then um, really just got into shape from there. So now that you're, one thing I also wanted to ask you about is you were named an All-American. I, I, I can't believe we got made through 20 minutes of this conversation without asking you about that. But yeah, you were named an All-American this year and congratulations on that. When you heard that, what did that mean to you? Thank you. It means that everything and all my dreams had finally come true. I wrote down coming in as a freshman that I wanted to be an All-American by the time I graduated. And I don't think my reaction was quite what I wanted it to be because I think I was so in shock and I wasn't expecting it. But um, when I did hear that I was an All-American, it just, it was one of those things that in my mind, I was like, I did it. I finally did everything I wanted to do. I want to be an All-American and want to be one of the best players in the country. And it just showed that all my hard work had finally paid off. So I still want to be an All-American next year. So I'm just going to try and one-up everything that I did this year and hopefully get back to where I was. Remember how you heard? Uh, yeah, I was in my exit meeting with my coaches and I was just sitting there. We were talking and the first thing that she said was, hey, I just want to let you know you're an All-American. And I was so in shock that I didn't even have any answer to it. Um, but once I walked out and I kind of processed it a little more, I said, oh my goodness, like I'm an all American and I, I can't believe that I finally did it. Who, who was the first call to, or, you know, you know, what was that kind of like when you actually had time to process it beyond just shock? What, what was that kind of like? Um, well, I got in my car right away and I called my mom because she has been through everything with me from the beginning. I not only her, but my father has too. And they're some of my biggest supporters. They're here for every single game. So I called her and then I called, called my father and I told them and they were they, after the initial shock, they were so proud of me and they couldn't stop singing my glory done for me. <laughs> that, that, that's awesome. And so, uh, I, I wanted to come back to coach Anderson for a minute and just what do you remember, do you remember meeting her? I remember that there's that video that took place, I think in the locker room where she sat you down at this, I think just regular table and kind of was just like, I've competed against Mizzou and, you know, you just had to kind of recruit her own roster. What were those days like when you first met her and, you know, decided to stay with Mizzou? 
Um, so actually I wasn't even there for that meeting. There were only like a handful of girls that were there. I was home at the time. Um, but once I got back on campus, I arranged a meeting with her just so I could introduce myself and figure out what she's like. Um, our first meeting, it like was nothing really that special. Just said, I'm Brooke. She said, I'm coach Anderson. Very nice to meet you. Um, how are you doing all that? Just small stuff. But as soon as we started in the fall and in the spring of that year, our relationship grew and um, my confidence in her grew as well. And she knows what I can do and she keeps me to a high standard, which is exactly what I want. And I just think our relationship has grown and blossomed since that year, like every single year. What is it like to play under someone with her kind of aggressive coaching style? Um, it's, it's great. It's everything that I want. She wants to win all the time. I want to win all the time. We have the exact same ideas and, it's great just to have someone be able to push you every single day to get your dreams, get your goals, and then also come out on the winning top of everything. Now that you're, you are coming back for 2022, what, what is kind of the mentality of uh, the girls like you, Kim, and you know, Kay, now Kayla coming back and the other girls who now it, it is their last hurrah officially. What, what do you think your mindset is going into a 2022 where, you know, now there is no chance of 2023 for you to come back. What, what is that kind of like? Um, I think we're just going to take everything one day at a time. Um, unfortunately, these seasons always go by so quickly. So if we don't take advantage of that, it's going to be over before we know it. So take in those small moments, take in hanging out with your friends every single day, take in playing your last few games of softball, even those hard practices that you don't want to be at. Just take those in, take everything. Don't take anything for granted. Um, have fun every single day and just be around those people that you know you enjoy being around. So one thing I always ask guests that I have on here, it's kind of a fun question that's non-softball related or football, basketball, whatever related is, is, and hopefully you have an answer to this, is one, your favorite spot to eat in Columbia would be blank. Oh gosh, I can, I don't even think I can pick one spot because <laughs> there are just so many great places. I love eating at Papo's. I think they have such great pizza. Um, I love Las Margs. Their queso is everything. I love it so much. Um, oh man, I really think if I had to pick two, it would probably be those two. And those are completely different types of food options. Yep. But again, I'm, I'm all over the place with that answer. <laughs> I, when I always like seeing people's reactions to that because I didn't know food was always going to be this divisive and it was going to take such thought. But when you mentioned it, it always seems to do that. Um, and so anything else, you know, that you want to talk about anything, you know, what, you know, where we can, you know, kind of catch up with you or whatever and between now and, you know, the start of next season. Uh, no, not really. I'm just, I'm super excited to be able to play another year and have this opportunity. Um, I'm just so happy to, um, be doing what I love for one more year. So I really hope that everybody can see our joy and our passion, our team that in our team that we have, and they just come out and support every single game for next year. I can't end anywhere better than that. Well, thank you so much for your time, Brooke. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you in 2022, I guess. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much. We would like to thank our sponsors for the Columbia Daily Tribune's Mizzou Sports Podcast, University of Missouri Healthcare. University of Missouri Healthcare is proud to be the official sponsor of MU Athletics. Blue Events. Let Blue create the perfect event. Their passion for food, service, and presentation ensures that you will have a seamless and memorable event, no matter the size. They will work with you to bring your vision to life. Phyllis Nichols, State Farm Insurance. 
there when things go wrong, here to help life go right. The Mizzou Sports Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, the home of handmade-to-order chicken, salads, and more than a dozen mild-to-wild sauces. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today. Follow Mizzou football with the Tribune's Tiger Extra newsletter. Sign up at ColumbiaTribune.com slash Tiger Extra for stories, galleries, and podcasts in your inbox every Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. And now, back to the show. Thank you once again to Brooke Wilmers for joining us on this episode of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. Always great to catch up with her, uh, and I'll catch you up on just kind of what happened at the end of Mizzou season in case you didn't know. Mizzou did sweep their regional against Iowa State, Illinois, Chicago, and Northern Iowa. They got drawn into play against JMU in the Super Regional, got the host. JMU won Friday, Mizzou won on Saturday. JMU did end up winning on Sunday, and then again to go to the, uh, their first College World Series. Mizzou season did end at that point, but JMU did reached the final game before the championship series did defeat number one Oklahoma before losing twice to them and then their season ending Odyssey Alexander kind of becoming the star of this college softball season Mizzou got to see her up close and you know she gets everything she deserves she really put that JMU team on her back at times and really you know took them from without her probably a team that gets easily eliminated in that Knoxville regional to the third best team in the country just a phenomenal effort from her but it, it, no team rocked her like Mizzou rocked her it just didn't happen enough in that super regional for Mizzou to advance to Oklahoma City and it seems like this team has a one-track mind in getting back to Oklahoma City and getting a World Series appearance for Missouri for the first time I guess since 2011 it'll be 11 years but it seems like it's been maybe a little longer than that for the program with that was the expectation about a decade ago that they made it there every year but Mizzou made it as close as they have this past season since then so it seems like a lot of good things happening in softball will bring you a lot of that next spring uh, actually today june 17th was our first in-person media availability uh, with any mizzou athletes since before the pandemic started i spoke to brooke over zoom but right before then i got uh the chance along with everybody else in the beat to speak to speak to six basketball players and conzo martin in person for the first time uh, they, they were our last interviews must have been them or baseball because uh, softball was playing, I think, that uh, that Tuesday or that Thursday in the St. Louis area. Baseball at home series then against Northern Illinois right as the pandemic was happening, and then the SEC tournament for basketball uh, was happening in Nashville. So it had to be one of those people. I think our last actual in-person interview had to be with Jim Sterk on the 13th in Columbia. Rarely he speaks back-to-back days, but did because of a, the series of the coronavirus pandemic on March 12th and March 13th. So it took... 15 months in a couple days 15 months four days to get another in-person interview with somebody at mizzou athletics for the general meet uh the general beat excuse me to you know come back and be a part of and that's just a sign that nature's healing and that's great coming out of this especially seeing crowds again at event that's just a huge part and a great part of you know we're kind of on the other side of this we're not out of the woods yet with this pandemic but it's a great sign that things are getting better uh and we'll bring you a lot of stories on that from that media availability and obviously i'll I'll turn my interview with brooke into a story i think for sunday's newspaper as well uh so yeah and it just so happens that SEC media days is going to be for football going to be in person again on i didn't believe eli drinkwood speaks july 22nd in birmingham i think it's actually in hoover but so that's 
one month, five days from today. So it, it, things are, you know, in the off season, they're going to be picking up again pretty quickly again. So yeah, but uh, thank you for listening to this off season edition of the Mizzou Sports Podcast. Definitely great uh, to have someone like Brooke spend so much time with us, and hopefully we can do some more stuff like that with some of the student athletes in the off season to have some more casual conversations with them. And yeah, well, thank you for listening to this week, and we'll see you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.